You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Brandon and I this week on Friday afternoon to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Scouting the opponent here on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine, and you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Most importantly, you can tell me your prediction for this Warriors game by following the show on Twitter at LockedOnPHXSuns. And that is what we are talking about today, Suns-Warriors tomorrow, but also a potential playoff matchup looming. So I brought on Wes Goldberg of the San Jose Mercury News, a writer who I've known for a long time, worked with for a long time. He is also the host of Locked On Warriors, so beat writer, podcast host, nobody knows the Warriors better than Wes, and so he's going to talk with us about this game upcoming, the matchup, and what to watch for there. Some Warriors subplots within, uh, or I guess Sun Sun plots within uh, Warriors land. We talk a little bit about All-NBA, MVP, Curry and Paul and, and where they each stack up there. Uh, Kelly Oubre, a little dispatch on his season. He is injured now, but played 50-60 games with Golden State this season, of course, after being traded there following the Oklahoma City situation. And so we'll get into that. And then just general thoughts on what a playoff series between these two squads might look like, because... If the Warriors were to win the first play-in game or the Suns were to get the one seed, there's a few different ways that we could see the Suns play the Warriors in the first round. So we talk about that a little bit as well. I will not hold you up any longer, guys. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy Warriors Day here on the show, getting you ready for tomorrow's game. And here is Wes Goldberg. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer joining me now. Uh, Wes, we've, we've had a lot of talk about this play-in game, the Lakers' involvement. And I, I right before I logged in with you, see uh, reports that the Warriors are really embracing the play-in game. So uh, they are definitely going to be getting some eyeballs, but the Suns do play them on Tuesday night. Folks will be listening to this on Tuesday morning to get ready for the game. So uh, what should we know about this team? Obviously, the the Steph Curry show has has probably been what most people are, are taking in from, from Golden State, but uh, we haven't seen the Warriors in Phoenix in quite a while. So what should fans uh, be on the lookout for? You know, Steve Kerr kind of defined this team in an interesting way, maybe without meaning to uh, the other night, uh, saying that Steph, as good as Steph Curry has been offensively, and I think everybody understands how good he's been. I mean, he's the, the leader for the scoring title right now. Uh, the numbers that he's putting up are as good as anything, if not better than anything he's ever put up. And this is a two-time MVP. But Steve said the other day, as good as Steph has been on offense, Draymond Green has been just as good defensively and thinks that Draymond Green should be defensive player of the year. Now, I don't think that you and I want to have that debate right now, but if that is the case, if Steph is the best offensive player in the league and Draymond is the best defensive player in the league, according to Steve Kerr, then that kind of means that the rest of this roster is not very good because this is a team that has been hovering around 500 all season long. And that kind of, to me, defines this team, right? Like they go as Steph goes on offense, as Draymond goes on defense. And, and 
Well, and, and it's when they win games, it's when that supporting cast steps up. And when they lose games, it's when that supporting cast does not step up. And we're talking about guys like Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, who has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, and then after that, it's just a bunch of, it's like kind of a lot of guys that people may or may not have heard of. Jordan Poole, Kent Bazemore, Juan Descano Anderson, Kavon Looney. I mean, outside of that, there's just not a whole lot of depth on this team. And and that has basically been how the Warriors have sunk or swim all season long. It's fascinating to me. The thing that I, I've found myself looking at in the uh, stats page for this team a few times over the course of the season and almost gasped every time is that Draymond Green is averaging almost nine assists a game. Uh, it's really remarkable just statistically that he's able to do that. Similarly, surprising when you look at this team is that the Warriors are fifth in defensive rating. So Kerr's kind of claim about Draymond might not be too far off, especially to your point, considering the relative lack of like what you would consider elite defensive talent around that. So uh, that's a recipe we've seen before, right? You know, elite offensive player and, and Steph is probably even calling him elite is almost a, a disservice at times, but with that elite defense as well, that's a recipe to win games. And they've suddenly found themselves uh, eight, uh, two games over 500 and in that eight seed and a team that the Suns could play in the first round if things break a certain way. So we'll get into that later on in the show, just imagining this potential playoff matchup, but uh, what's been the the best that you've seen teams contain Steph? Is there a, a rubric? Is there something we can look to? Because I know Suns fans will look at this matchup and think, okay, we have Mikhail Bridges, you know, the home game right before the all-star break. Mikhail did a pretty decent job. Steph didn't, you know, explode the way that he can. Um, but I, I also think there's the other side of like, you know, okay, it's also Steph Curry. So wh- have you seen like a consistent pattern of, of when Steph quiets down or is it just yeah. hope that he doesn't explode? You know, it's funny is you would hope to have a guy like Mikel Bridges, like, you know, Drew Holiday, like the, like uh, Matisse Tybel, like those long limb guys in the past have been the kind of guys that have been able to contain stuff a little bit. Uh, you look at a guy like Lou Dort is sort of the, the kind of prototype of a guy who you would want to, to contain Steph and yet Steph just dropped 49 points on him on Saturday night. It's just, it doesn't matter anymore who you use to guard Steph Curry. The only times you've ever seen him slow down is when he's just exhausted. There is so much on his plate. His usage rating is at an all time high in the Steve Kerr era. He is having to do so much work to create each and every single shot this year, because there's just, there's nobody else that defenses are worried about. You are seeing consistently double teams, triple teams, quadruple teams. When he drives to the lane, all five guys collapse on him. And yet he's got this little floater game, these layup games. He's gotten so much stronger, something that we've talked about and written about extensively in the Bay Area. And um, there's just, at this point, it, he just seems he just seems inevitable. And I don't mean to speak in hyperbole. But it, it, it feels that way. The only times he's really slowed down is when he's just exhausted from doing all of that. And, and I think that's where Phoenix may have an advantage here is because the Warriors play Monday night against the Jazz, a very good team, as we know. They'll be without Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, so that might help things, but that's still a really good team. And the Warriors are playing on the second night of a back-to-back against Phoenix and Phoenix kind of can double those efforts by putting Mikel Bridges on him, who is one of the best perimeter guards uh, defenders in the league. And so uh, if there were a game, if you were trying to find a way in which to uh, out or outline the way in which Steph Curry could be slowed down, this would kind of be it. Right. And, sure. and so I think Phoenix may have 
a little bit of an advantage here. Yeah, if there's anything you can rely on Mikhail to do, it's not necessarily that you're going to say he'll put the clamps on somebody as good as as Curry, but you can rest assured that he's going to make things hard. And I, and I think that's really the only thing you can you can ask for. So if that's Steph and the best that the Suns can maybe hope for there, I think we are coming off of a game here in Phoenix where the Lakers uh, honestly had a pretty similar game plan, which was let's have our guy, which in this case was Anthony Davis with LeBron out, do mostly everything on offense for us and then you know, really sell out to stop what Phoenix does. Offensively, we saw the Lakers send a lot of attention at Devin Booker, which has been a pretty tried and true strategy for Suns opponents all season. Um, But I look at this at this uh, Warriors roster, I don't see as obvious of of a cast to do that. So how have the the Warriors handled those elite wing players this season? Who tends to guard them? and, And what do they try to do to stop players like Devin Booker? Well, first, the Warriors switch a decent amount, so that's that's certainly part of it. They like to switch, and when playing elite uh, offensive players, elite wings, they will blitz a lot, right? A lot of double teams, a lot of help, a lot of things like that. Um, it'll be Andrew Wiggins' assignment. That's what we're looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. it, that Andrew Wiggins has been Golden State's best one-on-one defender on perimeter players all year long. He's actually been pretty good uh, at it. And, you know, I, I think he's got a decent chance against Devin Booker. I mean, he's done a really good job against some high-scoring wings uh, over the season. So that'll be, that'll be the Warriors' strategy. You'll have Draymond Green roaming and doing all the help stuff that he does. Still one of the best help defenders in the league. So that'll be, uh, that'll be part of the, the, the plan there. Uh, and and then they've usually used to kind of keep going uh, with, the, with the matchups here. They, they've been okay with Steph matching up against his position. So I expect him to guard Chris Paul at least okay. to start the game. And so with, with Steph guarding Chris Paul, that frees up Andrew Wiggins to guard uh, Devin Booker. I figured, I, I kind of thought it would be Curry on Paul. And I mean, the reality is like, in some ways you don't want your best offensive player to have to defend Chris Paul, but it's not because of anything that he's doing. Uh, it's mostly just, you don't want them to have to defend the pick and roll so much. This, the Warriors just don't have necessarily a, a better option and, and they do switch so much that it's not going to get, into a a dicey level of like energy and exertion just to do that. So that should be fun. I mean, we've seen those guys go back and forth, but uh, I, this game is big enough for the Suns to try to keep their one seed hopes alive that I do think we'll see a pretty uh, riled up version of this team. Uh, They tend to bounce back pretty well after losses. So I'm feeling like the Suns should be able to take care of business. I imagine they will be, favored in the game with the Warriors coming off this back-to-back and the Suns just being the better team all season. But I have a couple Suns questions for you um, related to the team that you cover, and it starts with All-NBA. So we'll get into that right after a quick break. Another quick word from Locker Room, the first social audio platform made just for sports fans. The app is free to download. They also now, guys, have a Samsung an Android app, so it's free for everybody. And once you're in, you can talk with me, fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about the Suns, about the NBA, about whatever you are interested in in the world of sports. I host a show with Brandon every single Friday on uh, Locker Room at noon, which means, yes, you can join in on our conversation. You hear it every Monday morning on the podcast. Well, we do it on Locker Room every Friday afternoon as well. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You find fans 
just like yourself, talking shop, talking about games in real time, breaking stuff down afterward and debating, of course. We had a Knicks, couple Knicks fans crash the party last week, convince us why the Suns would uh, potentially lose that game, why Julius Randle was higher up on the MVP hierarchy than Julius Randle. I didn't agree with any of it, but it was tons of fun, honestly. So you have a chance to chat with Brandon and I in addition to folks like that, talking Suns, getting uh, just letting loose. It's really a low-key atmosphere. It's fun to do it and... Join this week, guys. Again, Friday afternoon. Fridays at noon. We try to hit as close to noon as we possibly can. So again, go down the Locker Room app. Join the NBA group. Follow me at BrendanClean14, and you will be notified when we go live. You will not want to miss it. Again, Fridays at noon, guys. See you there. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. All right, back here with Wes Goldberg. And Wes, I wanted to like I said, ask you about all NBA because we're getting down to the wire here. I think Steph to me is a pretty much lock for the first team, but mm-hmm. I, I do hear some people, you know, Chris Paul has gotten some MVP arguments. I, I haven't really been one to be making those, but um, do you think that that Curry is definitively above Chris Paul in that sort of hierarchy? How, how do you feel about their seasons? Cause it is pretty much polar opposites in terms of, uh, you know, winning team, but lower stats versus less less successful team and and just incredible stats. Yeah, I, I think Steph is pretty much the number one guard um, this year. And so considering that everything that he's done, considering that he's, he, I think voters are going to say, you know what, he's putting up MVP type numbers, but he's not playing for an MVP type team. And so they'll award him with a, a spot on the first team all NBA, not that he doesn't deserve it, but I feel like that's sort of the logic that voters tend to make. You know what I mean? Uh, And so I think Steph is pretty much the number one guard. And then Chris Paul is in that next, and Steph is on the tier unto himself. And and I think that there's a next tier of Luka Doncic, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, um, those kinds of guys. And and, um, that's probably where Chris Paul falls in. So he might end up on the first team next to Steph, uh, especially now, I guess, because you can make Luka a forward, I I guess, is from what I'm hearing. Uh, Make Devin Booker a forward too, apparently. Can you really? Yeah, I heard uh, crazy. a couple people. I, oh, the uh, the SI open floor guys were, were ridiculing that that Booker could be a forward. Uh, I don't I don't understand that at all. Um, but I do agree with you generally. I, I was sort of playing devil's advocate to see if you um, bit on that. I, I am on your the same page as you, though. I, I don't think really anybody can hold a candle to Curry's season right now. And I personally feel like. Uh, Chris Paul's yeah best case scenario for him would be the second spot on that on that first team um, but more likely it, it might even be a second team situation I, I do like you're right I feel like all NBA tends to be talked about sort of as like you know how in the NFL it's like MVP and then the most fun guy who had the coolest season gets like offensive player of the year it feels mm-hmm. like it's that with MVP versus all NBA in basketball mm-hmm. where you just see a Curry, a Lillard, those guys, Beal, get rewarded here like they would not in any other, really, uh, award race. Has Chris Paul been one of the best five players this year? I don't – that's the thing. I, I actually kind of get the case for MVP, a top five MVP vote for him, more than I do a top uh, – a first-team spot All-NBA mm-hmm. because I, I just think, like, statistically, he he's just not really there with a lot of these guys. I think you've got four guys – like penned in on the first team. And that's to me, Steph, Luca, Giannis, Jokic. 
And what you do with that fifth spot is kind of interesting because I guess Joel Embiid can be voted in as a forward. Uh, if Chris Paul can be or Luca can be voted in as a forward, you can put him in one of those forward spots and put Chris Paul into that second vacant guard spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could Zion Williamson I had on my first team, but this injury kind of messes with that a little bit. LeBron, Kawhi have missed a lot of games. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I think, has made a case recently to, for even potentially a spot on the first team, and even though I think is a little bit short of that. So to me, I'm sort of between the the Embiid and Chris Paul as far as my top five guys. And, so you have Paul and above I'll, Lillard and, and Luca, though. Uh, I have Chris Paul. I have Luca above Chris Paul, okay, but I have okay. Luca pretty much in there. But he okay. can be, like I said, he could be a forward. And yeah, a lot yeah. of people have been complaining about like this positional weirdness. Like, dude, it is what it is. And if this gives us an opportunity to put the best five guys, like if Luka can be voted in as a forward and Jokic can be voted in as a forward or Embiid can be, then if that gets the best five guys on the top, uh, on the All-NBA first team and the best 15 guys making the All-NBA, then I I have less of a problem with it than everybody else. I understand it's confusing, but you know what? Sometimes the way the sausage is made isn't all that pretty. And if you can get the best 15 guys on the All-NBA team, then I don't care about what process it is or what positions they are. Like, no, like, Five years from now, nobody's going to be like, wow, Embiid made first team as a forward. That's weird. No, they're going to say Embiid made first team all NBA. And that sounds about right for this, this kind of season. It definitely, so, ladies, it yeah. sounds to me, it feels to me like the the way I've heard this get talked about, it, it feels like the first year of a thing type of conversation where it's really just because it's new. It's because we we have never voted this way. We don't know how to talk about it. We don't understand. And then like you said, you look back in hindsight, I'm sure in five, 10 years, as this stuff continues to probably where it's headed is that there really aren't going to be positions. And then you'll just look back and be like, oh yeah, that was the first year that they stopped doing the positional stuff. And then it won't be odd at all to anybody. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm interested to see where, where Chris Paul lands. I'm also interested to see where Devin Booker, if he can sink into the third team, I feel a little bit pessimistic about that. Unfortunately, yeah. I think you're, most people will look at that the season he's had and actually the fact that the stats have gone down and, and ding him a little bit there. And we've already heard the narrative of, Oh, the sun's improved because of Chris Paul. And that tends to be the thing that can lead to uh, another guy getting less credit. And so I, I don't know where we'll land on that, but I, before we get out of this segment, I wanted to ask you too. Uh, we have not talked to anybody in warriors land since before the season and Kelly Oubre is, is hurt now, but, had a very Kelly Oubre season from what I gathered. Uh, what, what, what was his year like and how do you feel like his, uh, this, the, the Warriors are thinking about his future and, and whether it might be in the Bay Area? If you just copy and pasted last year for Kelly Oubre to this year for, for him in Golden State, you pretty much get the same season, right? Where uh-huh. he's playing for you and you're like, oh, wow, like those are some pretty good scoring numbers. He gives you a lot of energy. Like you love the effort that he gives on defense and some of these tip, the, the tip and dunks and all this stuff that he does is very exciting. The outfits on the sideline. I look forward to Kelly Oubre. I, I've always been an Oubre guy, uh, by the way. I've always loved watching him play. He's just fun to watch. I almost like it more when he's injured because of the outfits that he wears on the bench. They're just like incredible. So sure I he just, doesn't. you know, it's just, it's style inspo. It's great for me. But um, the, as soon as he went down with this wrist injury, he went down for five games came back for five or six games, re-injured that wrist. And now he's out indefinitely. He's going to be reevaluated at the end of this week, but uh, very unlikely that he returns by the end of the regular season. I think Um, uh, the Warriors kind of magically were better when he's not playing. Right. Which kind of, it's very reminiscent of what the Suns did in the bubble, kind of going on that eight Oh run before that playoff started. 
it, that's the Warriors are having their best stretch of the season. I'm not saying it's because Kelly Oubre is injured, just like it wasn't because Kelly Oubre was injured last year for Phoenix, but it lines up and the blueprint is there that they have found, I think, a blueprint uh, without Kelly Oubre that they could try to mimic next year with some offseason moves and stuff like that. So very, very similar, I think, to what Suns fans saw last year. Yeah. I unfortunately think that's going to be the mark on him until he finds a more efficient way to impact winning. It's it's not that yeah. any of the skill, the the athleticism and the talent level is not there. It, it actually, I was going to say it's not the skill. I think it is the skill. It's the the ways to kind of intangibly impact things that he seems to not have had. I mean, the only time he really made a, a massive uptick on on what the Suns were doing was the first year he got here, and it was because they added like a NBA level player for the first time in a while. And and he brought their total from like two or three to three or four. And other than that, you know, they've basically been neutral or worse when he's been on the floor. And so I do think uh, it's unfortunate. I, I, I do like want the best for him. He's a cool guy. He's, he has gotten better as an NBA player, but yeah. uh, the, the injury is badly timed for sure. But like you said, it, it might be that he could come back in time for the playoffs. So this is a team the Suns kind of have to have one eye on as we get toward the end of the regular season. Let's talk about how these teams might match up in the postseason right after a quick break. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. I'm on the hunt, guys. I've been telling you about my SunVisor driver's side for a few weeks. I'm finally, to much the appreciation of my wife, getting a passenger side sun visor for my 2012 Hyundai Elantra. It was just that easy. Typed that make and model right into rockauto.com. The page pulled up with all of the parts available for my car, and I promise you they were all cheaper than what I had just seen at the dealership. Uh, You come away from the dealership with about 95 things that they need you to do to give them your money, all of them overpriced, all of them frankly unnecessary, but I knew I needed that sun visor. Rock Auto had the price that I needed, had the part that I needed, and got it to me quickly. It was on my door uh, within days the first time. It's en route currently to be here by the end of the week. I've loved the process every step of the way, and I'm fixing my car slowly but surely, surely, courtesy of rockauto.com, guys. They keep the prices low for everybody. It's not going to be more just because you're trying to do it yourself. It's going to be the same for everyone. An easy-to-navigate catalog. Just, again, type that car and and make and model in. It'll bring up everything that you need. You just click in, pick the one you want, order, and it's good. Right locked on, guys, when you make your purchase in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Again, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box when you make your purchase so they know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. I'm sure if you've been on the internet, if you've watched SportsCenter, if you whatever, talk to anybody, you have been keeping up with whatever is going on with this junkie horse or whatever we're calling it now. Medina Spirit, the winner of the Kentucky Derby. If you're following it along and you feel like you know uh, who's going to win the next leg of the Triple Crown, I feel like Bet Online is the best place for you, really. Uh, they have bet- betting not only on uh, the second leg of the Triple Crown, but all sorts of different props. And who knows? We might see a uh, Will Medina Spirit fail its next drug test prop before you know it. So head over to Bet Online, guys. Get the latest news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. And do not sit on the sidelines. Make 
your first bet. If you've never done it, now's the perfect time to try. Teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs, and the sports world is busier than ever. So head to the website, use your mobile device, make an account, and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. Again, the website, betonline.ag. Also have a mobile app. Make an account for yourself. Put a little bit of money in there. Use the promo code Locked On when you do to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, quick thoughts here from Wes Goldberg and I about the potential first-round matchup. I mean, things currently... Obviously, the Suns have the two seed, as all of you will know. And then the Warriors are sitting at eight, tied in the loss column with Memphis. Memphis has played one less game than the Warriors have. And obviously, we have to then play throughout the entire play and to really determine how this will line up. But they are in that in that morass right now, Wes. So um, how are you feeling first off about the Warriors' chances of actually coming out of that play-in game? Because that's what they'll have to do first before they look at the Suns or anyone else. If it's Lakers, uh, it's hard to know, right? Because it, it, we don't know if LeBron or Anthony Davis are going to be playing, and if even if they're playing, to what percentage they will be healthy. But if those guys are playing, I, I don't love the Warriors' chances. Uh, the thing is, with, with yeah, Steph Curry can go off and do his thing, but uh, the Lakers are the kind of team that have given the Warriors problems, when healthy, that have given the Warriors problems this season. Just a lot of size that they could throw at the boards, they can end up out rebounding the Warriors by 20, and that's not an exaggeration. Uh, the Warriors will give up a bunch of second chance points, and the Lakers are very good in those second chance point situations. So I, I just don't love that matchup for them. And I don't know that they like and as good as Andrew Wiggins has been, like we talked about before. I don't know, like it's still LeBron. That's a tough matchup. So, um, yeah. and if he's playing, he's going to come after it. And if he's playing in that that game, he's going to come after it in a way that it's like playoff LeBron, right? And we know that there's a difference between regular season and playoff LeBron. Um, and, and so I don't love the Warriors chances in that. Fortunately for them, if they end up at that eight spot and lose to the Lakers in the seventh spot, they'll have an, a second opportunity in that nine, 10 game, which looks like it'll be Memphis and San Antonio at this point. And I love the Warriors chances against either of those teams. So if that's the case and the Suns end up with the one seed and the Warriors lose the seven game, seven, eight game to the Lakers, win the nine, 10 game against one of those other teams and end up as the eighth seed, then we'll still get a Phoenix and golden state first round series. Yeah, that, that to me feels like the most likely version of this, although uh, now it's the the Suns side of things that is holding that back from happening because Utah just has this complete, um, I mean, they have a they have an inside track for sure. They're up two games with four games to go. It's, it's not looking good for the Suns. I definitely uh, announced prematurely that I felt like the Suns were the one seed and I have to walk that back. All my listeners can can make fun of me as as I as I deserve, but Generally speaking, uh, I don't feel like we've talked about this Warriors team. You know, you've given me some insight, our fans some insight. I just still don't anticipate that anyone would really be too worried about them as a team, even if they did come out of the play-in tournament and and make the real playoffs. Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers. I I can't imagine the Warriors beating any of those teams. I've been saying this all along. There are some big names in that 7-8 situation right now, Wes, but Suns fans probably don't have much to worry about unless it's the Lakers. No, I mean, it, it, like the Warriors, the whole reason to make the playoffs is just to get playoff experience for guys like Juan Descano Anderson and Kavon, or not Kavon Looney, Jordan Poole, uh, some, Andrew Wiggins, like these mm-hmm. guys who are going to be part of their core going forward. 
Because this is not a team right now that is a title contender. And the Suns fans and Jazz fans and Lakers, nobody should worry about this Warriors team. Outside of Steph and Draymond, there's just there's not enough depth. Uh, they are too shaky to go win an entire playoff series. I don't I don't care what sort of flames that Steph Curry is throwing. Uh, but if you can get four games, even if you get swept, if you can get four games of playoff experience for for those for that other group for that supporting cast for next year when you're trying to make a run for the uh, for the title next season when Clay Thompson comes back and whatever offseason moves they make, that's the that's the reason you go all out for a playoff spot. You know you're going to lose. You might get swept. You might be a gentlemanly sweep if Steph scores 52 points on a night or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that – I mean, I'm already planning vacations for June. I don't anticipate – the Warriors going very far. Hey, Suns fans might actually be happy, or, or at least uh, local Suns fans, because it might mean some Nico Mannion minutes, which will be nice as a return to his home. He gets to get some playoff run in there if there's some blowouts. But, that, but okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's about where I am. And not to rub it in too much. I mean, this team got hell thrown at it. And the fact that they're here, like you said, is a testament to the greatness of their stars and some improvements by their young core. And it's an opportunity to, to grow. I, I, I mean, on, on, on the other hand, though, like playing a team that's a top five defense in the postseason is no joke. It would be pretty frustrating in terms of first round matchups. Like I'll, I'd, I'd at least say I would much rather see the Spurs if I'm the Suns than I would uh, the Warriors. Right. But all things considered, I, I don't imagine that there would be much of an upset alert. But uh, you can follow him at WC Goldberg on Twitter. He covers the Warriors for the San Jose well, Bay Area Media Group. Um, and the host of Locked On Warriors, host of Locked On NBA. Maybe we'll have you on by the time the playoffs do come around if this uh, matchup comes out of it, Wes. But uh, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure.